Geekscape. How's it going? Um, Brian Gilmore here. We are on the set of the first season of Deadliest Warrior on Spike TV. Deadliest Warrior is essentially a show that revolves around who would win. Um, and behind me, we have some casts of Shaka Zulu and William Wallace, people that I'm sure that you guys have heard of. And uh, I think I'm just going to take you through this little warehouse right here where they have all this freaking awesome stuff. This is what I assume is uh, all of Shaka Zulu's weapons and various sex toys that he used with his concubines. That's a gourd, right? That's a gourd. It's a gourd, like the thing that Rafiki breaks in The Lion King. Um... <laughs> And um, essentially, they have replicas of all the weapons that these historical figures um, have uh, used throughout the ages. And uh, what they're doing is they conduct actual tests and recreations of what it would be like when these guys are going head-to-head. -head. So William Wallace, Shaka Zulu, born about four, six hundred uh, years apart. You're going to be able to see them fight, which is awesome. Those are spears. They won't let us touch any of those things because... I c I'm not even really allowed to be around people. This is a cast of my father. Um, he was exactly this this build. He's of course a little a little taller than he would otherwise be, um, but he's very stout, always very angry, army cut man with a receding hairline, which as you can see will happen to me. Um, so get a get a shot of these guys. Um, these are actually the uh, body casts. Uh, these are the skin to the body casts that they make, um, which we can show you on our way over here. Um, they make realistic body casts of what the people actually looked like. Here, as you can see, they make um, they make gel and they're making sculptures. Uh, Zach. So these are basically realistic uh, depictions of what it would be like, and they use these in their various tests. Uh, for example, if I wanted to, uh, let's say, sta stab Jonathan London through the chest, they would get a um, with an exp with a knife that had an exploding tip. Um, then they would. <laughs> there's a PA over there, um, where uh, I would basically let's say this was a cast of John. I would stab him with the knife right there, and then the the tip would explode like it otherwise actually would and his insides would then explode all over my face as I was laughing with glee. Um, and uh, let's see here. Over there is we're going to show you all these demos of uh, what the actual, uh, they go through various and thousands of tests of what it's actually going to be like when uh, these guys fight. They go through all the possible scenarios and they try to go to like a neutral, uh, central ground uh, because, you know, everyone says, who would win in a fight? Well, it depends on where they're fighting, depends what weapons they would have. They would each have the weapon of their choice and it would be in a neutral surrounding. So um, let's talk to some of these guys and uh, see how this show gets made. We are here with Jeff Damon, Max Geiger. And we're here on the set of Deadliest Warrior, the new Spike TV show. And uh, why don't you guys tell me uh, something about the show? It's, it's as if you were a crazy like billionaire and uh -huh. you had a time machine and you were just kidnapping warriors from different cultures all throughout time. So you guys are doing virtual dogfights of famous people, basically. Well, I wouldn't say dogfights, <laughs> but uh, yeah. People I mean, fights. Ultimately, right, ultimately because we can't line two dudes up and be like, all right, go stab each other. Right. Uh, we, we run a simulator. Yet. Um, yet. I mean, with cloning, who knows what could happen exactly. in the future. <laughs> um, but we run a simulator a thousand times to figure out which of these two warriors in any given week, any given matchup, is going to win. Um, and that usually tells us pretty pretty definitively who's going to win. Okay, so Max, I know that you deal a lot with the software and you mm -hmm. figure out with actually uh, doing all of those you know, thousand trials. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? 
Well, I'm actually modifying a simulator that was originally developed by Slytherin Software in the United Kingdom. Um, they're a fairly big independent developer. Um, they've done a lot of, of RPG. evil warlocks. Uh, not evil warlocks, but real-time strategy games. Okay. Um, so you can you can look up their work online. It's a lot of it's a lot of great stuff. They've done stuff like Legion, Legion Arena, things like that. Um, and so I basically have taken their engine and then started writing custom modules for it, stripping things out, um, pulling it down from uh, an army on army like level uh, to an individual combatant level. Um, and then from there, we just add stuff for each weapon that we're testing. Um, and it's been it's been a kick, you know, modifying it for uh, modern firearms and such. Oh, shit. it's so much fun. I mean, like Max was saying, we can't actually get two dudes to actually kill each other. So what we do is we get the dudes to go against targets, and we uh -huh. have various amount of targets, especially gel torsos, which simulates the bot. That's awesome. So uh, you guys have been right now focusing. I know some of the people that you uh, have pitted against each other right now. Uh, Zach, if you pan over to there, you see um, two. Uh, you see two models, and that is uh, Shaka Zulu, the first one. Uh, he's, That's he's, correct. He's he's an he's an African warrior from the 18th, 1800s, uh, 1800s. Very, very early 1800s. Okay. Um, and uh, William Wallace, which was born I think 400 years before him, and uh, the main dude in Braveheart, right? Exactly. Actually, awesome. about 600 years. Okay, ago. okay, yeah. all right. You guys are pitting these people against each other. And then, so, what are the circumstances? Because, I mean, we're Geekscape here, and, I mean, we have, we've spent countless hours, you know, by ourselves and with friends online um, <laughs> saying, like, who is, um, like, who'd win in a fight? Hulk mm -hmm. or Spider-Man? All that type of stuff. And you guys are basically putting science into the who'd win in a fight. Right. But the biggest contention point for this is always, what are the circumstances? So what are the circumstances that you guys have put, for example, in this particular fight? Okay, so essentially what we do is we take a look at the design of the weapon, and then we design a test around that, and then we see how effective that weapon would be. And then we take those numbers, or the results of those tests, and put them into Max's computer program. Right. Okay. Yeah, if it's you know a club or a warhammer, how well uh -huh. does it smash? What sort of blunt force trauma can we get out of that? Um, if it's a sword, you know how fast can you swing it? How fast are you going to be able to recover with that? Uh, what's it going to be able to cut through at the end of the day? Like, is it going to be able to make it through armor, bone, huh. flesh? What? Okay. Yeah. So, so the so the primary circumstances are you're getting all these deadliest warriors, mm. and you're assuming that they're I guess in an empty neutral space. Oh correct? no no no! That is uh, that's a little bit of a misnomer. Um, okay. We're actually trying to pick uh, terrain that's sort of neutral uh, for each party involved. Okay, because that's what I was headed towards. Right, right. There, there are some guys who are straight up scrappers, you know, and if you right. came up against them in an open field, your best, you know, battle tactic would be run as fast as possible right. in the other direction, you know. Um, and at the same time, there are guys who rely a little bit more on stealth, uh, you know, subterfuge, things like that. And if, you, if we put people in, say, a heavily wooded environment where there's right. tons of places for them to hide, that's not going to work out so well. So we tend to pick um, ground which was either, which is similar to what was known for the two warriors to have frequented, or is sort of an in-between, say, scrubland or okay. you know, some so cover, not entirely barren. So you have William Wallace here, and then you have Shaka Zulu, who, I mean, are from two completely different places. Where would you have them fighting? You know, I don't think we've determined that yet. Oh, okay. I mean, we're, so we're, we're still we're, we're, we're still early on in the space. Still, they're shooting. Yeah. They're still shooting their first season, right. and um, okay. Well, so we're we in the middle of testing their weapons. Okay. So we, we don't know yet. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. We have. Yeah. We'll we'll show you some of the tests later on. But but you know what a great example of that is is the show involving the Spartan and the Ninja. The Ninja 
the ninja relied a lot on stealth, and so any terrain that gave him cover or the cover of night would have given him a huge advantage over the Spartan. Yeah. So just the terrain alone can change the outcome of a, of a, of a duel. All right. I mean, call me old-fashioned, but I've always liked it. Um, I've always liked the idea of just any people just fighting in a huge ring of fire. <laughs> um, and, I mean, you know, that's just me. Season two. <laughs> Season two. <laughs> Season two, you're going to move on to, it's like, who needs a CG stuff? You're just going to have real people, possibly yourself, <laughs> um, and, you know, just yourself with, with huge weapons well, and me with nothing and a huge ring of fire. Well, funny thing. You see that wound there? Zach? You see that wound it's there? Actually, it's actually very... You know, it, it's actually healed up quite a bit. Oh, wow. So what is that? That looks to me like a bite of some kind. It's actually a stab with a blunt knife during a demo with a Russian Special Forces agent. Oh, my God. So. What are you doing that for? That's, that's brutal that you got stabbed. You've been stabbed on the job. I was stabbed on the job. It was a fight between the Spetsnaz and the Green Beret, and he was showing me some moves he could do in hand-to-hand -hand combat. And we had a dull blade on set so he decided to give it to me and demo how he would take it from me and use it against me and that's what I ended up with. Right. Oh my god that's like that's like when you're little and your brother goes like okay so I'm gonna see I'm gonna punch you I'm gonna stop right before right. I get there right. only in a professional setting and with knives. Yeah. Oh my god yeah, that's no. ridiculous. Those so what did you do in behind? Did you get to stab him as well or just no. call Dude, it a these day? these guys were scary as hell. <laughs> no I kid you not. You're, you're a pretty big guy though I mean it's you couldn't take these guys? You know what? They were the only experts on the show that actually made me queeze. Wow. Seriously. Wow. They just spoke, spoke very monotone, deadpan stare. I was like, these guys know what they're doing. I'm not going to fool around with these guys. Wow. Absolute professionals. No bullshit. Now, the premise of this show is based on uh, actual evidence, you know, so actually how these guys would fight. Exactly. So uh, we need, uh, what do you need to uh, do to figure that type of stuff out? You need measuring tools. Jeff, it starts from the from the expert. Okay, so we go out anywhere in the world, find the best guy for that particular fighting style. We bring him into the dojo, set up a test, and then we hook different instruments up to to collect the data. And then I give the data to Max, and he crunches the numbers with the computer program. So what are the instruments? One, we have wireless accelerometers. Okay, so this is what I use for um, thrusting weapons. I'll attach this to the to the weapon measures acceleration, but from acceleration I get all sorts of things. I can get impact force, I can get uh, impact velocity, all sorts of things, and then relate that to injury. If, say, we're doing it in the air or doing it against a heavy bag, obviously if we're using a gel torso, we could see the actual damage because the ballistic gelatin in the gel torso actually mimics human tissue, human uh, skin, muscle, uh, and in, in a lot of them, we have actually blood-filled hearts, all sorts of wacky stuff that's going to blow your mind. That's fake blood, correct? F of course. Okay, okay. So that's, so that's an accelerometer that you use to, to measure a thrusting force. So that, could you measure the thrusting force of anything? Um, thrusting force of anything. Actually, there have been a few weapons that have been really odd to test, such as the Morningstar, because it's got a handle, but then it's got a chain link to a uh, about a 10 pound ball that's like full with spikes during the night episode and that was you know took some tricky work but yeah we mounted some sensors onto the gel torso and were able to get an impact force that way um, also you know for the more modern weapons where we're using high explosives uh, we're using sniper uh, sorry 
we're using uh, sniper rifles, we're using SOP mods, the, the special operations modifiable weapons, the M4, the M24, the AK-47, I mean, it goes on. So all the stuff... M67 grenades, yeah. So all the stuff we only use in Call of Duty and Halo. Yeah, basically. <laughs> all right, that sounds great. What else you got? We've got an orientation sensor, so this would be for the rotating weapons, so anything that's swung like an axe or a sword. And what this does is it's got accelerometers in it, but it's also got gyros, gyros in here. And so it tracks the orientation of this box. And then based on that orientation, if I know the distance from this box to the point of impact, I can get the linear velocity of the impact. And then we compare that and make a lot of analogies to real world, um, you know, what people will understand, like baseball bat swing, for example. Um, people will know what they can do with the baseball swing, and then we compare one-handed weapons to two-handed weapons, etc. So you know the you know the Nintendo Wii, right? And the Wii Mote, right? I do. It's all accelerometer driven, right? This thing makes that look like chump change. I mean, I've worked with the Wii before, and the level of detail and just the frequency that we're able to get out of it, uh, you know, like we're just a much much finer grained uh, level of information, but also much better orientation and tracking through space. So. Yeah, and we is wired. This is wireless. And that to me is, I mean, it's really important because for safety, right? Because these are edged weapons, they're explosive weapons, and uh, let's face it, I don't want to be anywhere near that when that thing goes off. Awesome. So uh, let's say you wanted to measure, I mean, how many, uh, how do you measure this? Pounds of force or like, what do you? Yeah, well, force is a measure of load and you can measure that in, in various units. Um, and this here is a, is a pressure mat and pressure is much different than force and it's actually force per unit area. So, so that's, that's a pressure mat then. So then this, how, how, how does that work exactly? These, the sensitive areas of this pressure map are these uh, white bars here. So they go across each other. And I can collect data at about 900 hertz with this, which is very high speed for any pressure mat system. This comes from TechScan, and it's the, specifically the iScan system. And um, so I what is this used for specifically then? Like, what, what type of test would we run with this uh, tool? Like a shield bash. A shield bash? You're bull rushing a dude with a shield. How much pressure is that going to put on the target? Yeah, an interesting concept with the shield bash is that you've got flat sections of the shield, but you've also got pointed or the boss or the hand cover is also a weapon and the whole premise behind that boss is that it increases pressure so you get them to do uh, a flat shield bash measuring with this and you, you what you'll see is that the pressure is very distributed and quite low but then when he takes that hand boss and impacts you with the hand boss it's the same force but the pressure spikes and trust me you're gonna feel that but his effort stays the same that's the beauty of pressure Awesome. So you could basically, so you can use this uh, to to measure what's the best way to hit someone with like a shield, exactly. for yeah. example. Like yeah. if you guys, like if you guys were, if you guys were uh, had like a like had a Lynx shield, for example, from from Zelda. Oh, let's definitely. say that's pointed right there at the bottom, and you would you would be able to say that right. this is a lot better than just doing right. that. Okay. Um, we've actually seen you know, guys come in and they'll hit with like the edge of the shield. What's the best way to hit someone with a shield? Let's say just a round shield, like a Captain America shield. Oh, you know what I'm going to do, Captain America?
Erica shield, are you going to come in like this? Uh huh. Use the edge of it against the side of your head. Right here. Right there. Right would that there. be a kill blow, or would that just knock me out? Okay, we got. Okay. You have to watch the Spartan episode. We did that exact test, and we measured acceleration in a hybrid three crash test dummy. Okay, these are used very specific instruments used for uh, automobile crash testing, and we were able to get our hands on one, and we did that exact test with the Spartan. Uh -huh. And I'm not going to tell you the numbers we got out of it, but it would have been a kill blow. Whoa. Yeah. So all these, so all these time that we've been seeing Captain America just kind of like throwing a shield and it's bouncing off the walls, hitting guys in the head. He has been killing people. This yeah. entire time. If this were real, Captain America would be a murderer, is what you're telling See, us. That's a hell of a test. I mean, let's. I want to throw Captain American's shield into a hybrid three dummy now. I mean, that's a hell of a test. Right. You'd have to get adamantium, though, which. It's a little tricky. This is a little I think tricky. You might be able to source it. A little bit of vibranium. A little bit, a little bit, but it's really that's not from this planet, right? Uh, no, well, actually, <laughs> it is. Uh, it has it has reserves in Wakanda. Oh my god. I know. Right. The Remember that? Kingdom. With uh, with uh, the bl that the Black Panther is thinking of, indeed. Yeah. Wow, here, okay, wow, I am geeking out right now, aren't I? Um, but uh, but yeah, so that's that's awesome. Best way. How about a sword? Like I remember uh, all the times where people are like, okay, you know what? Zombie apocalypse happens. What weapon do you want? Nine times out of ten, I get you know I, I get you know bat all this type of stuff. But then I say usually I say sword. But then someone comes, Brian. You know what? You don't know how to use a sword. Let's uh, let's say I had like a like a like a medium-sized sword. What would be the best way that I could attack a zombie with that? Hmm. We're we're talking slow-moving zombies, or we're, talki we're talking Romero zombies. If we're talking, if if they were running, classic. no, if yeah, zombie, cl yeah, if we're talking, if we're talking fast zombies, I'd fucking I'd be gone. I wouldn't be on this planet. Okay. Well, from the movies that I've been watching, lop the head off. Just one one fail swoop, lop the head off. Okay. So okay. So so I could. You know what? So you know what? Fuck you, John. I know you're you're watching this. I could take out zombies at a zombie apocalypse, and I will use a sword. That's still my weapon. Anyways, <laughs> um, do you, you? I see you have one last tool there. Uh, sure. This is a load cell. Measures force, and so for the blunt force objects like uh, like William Wallace's uh, twelve pound ball at the end of a one meter chain, something like that, we would mount up a rig. Today we're going to use a cinder block, we're going to put a cinder block on here, so we're going to see the, the cinder block explode under that, but also we'll measure the force, and from that force I can look through the literature and say, hey, what would that do to a dude's skull? I assume these are going to be some of William Wallace's yes, weapons, Yes, these are, these are the uh, weapons we're going to be testing for William Wallace, so... Yes, yes, everyone remembers that scene, it's fantastic. fantastic. Oh. It's a hammer. That's amazing. So, okay, wait, these are huge. Like, look at this sword is like as tall. I'm Guatemalan, so this sword is like as tall as me. <laughs> this is the longest sword we've encountered in this show right now. It's a 66 inch blade, longer than the knight's broadsword. Okay? Oh my god. And what we've seen so far? It can move. It can move with speed, and that's scary. Like, we were not planning on that. Yeah, one strike, one kill. Ugh. Essentially, all of William Wallace's weapons were designed that way. Yeah. That's uh, that's great, but then Shaka Zulu, I know he designed a weapon um, mm -hmm. that he used uh, in his tribes, and you know, with I'm sure with all of his concubines. And um, <laughs> did you read that? that that's, by a, the way? that's a different kind of spear, man. He had so <laughs> we're talking we're talking killing spears, like, oh, not loving spears. Okay, well, right. I got my killing spear, but mm -hmm. um, I know he. It's just like a wooden. It's just like a wooden like a. It's it's it's, it's like something you would use to 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 make pizza dough. Kind of only bigger, isn't it? It's I just think like you, a. I think you might be talking like about a mallet. The, the the isifafa or the iklawa. 
Okay. Which one am I talking about? Okay, so so right. so I know, I saw you guys demoing a weapon over there earlier, and it just looked like a stick. Oh, the War Club. Yeah. I was under the impression that uh, Shaka Zulu gave the names to the Isifafa and the and right. the Ikawa. Yeah, yeah, he actually redesigned the spears. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, but nonetheless, like whatever spear he would have used at that point would have been um, like some kind of like you know just wood that they would have found and, and I, I do not think it could have gone against this, right? This has been the argument. I mean, right. I just think clear cut, William Wallace. Well, here's the thing. Zulu tactics, very different from the tactics that uh, Scottish Highlanders would have been using. And the thing you have to remember about Shaka is that he changed everything. He changed the entire game. Um, you know, he sort of unified... Um, I'd say he was as Genghis Khan was to the Mongols. That uh -huh. was Shaka Zulu to the Zulus. Right, uh, you right. know, he unified a number of kingdoms and made a great empire. Um, and he totally changed. He totally changed their battle tactics, um, both on the army level and the individual level. Um, so, for instance, the spears. You know, Zulus used to fight primarily at a distance. It was sort of a ritualized affair. Lots of throwing spears. You know, back and forth. Um, he made it serious. He was like, "We're going to play for keeps." So he took uh, he took the spear, and I think he actually mm, kind of out of my league on this. I don't actually know the history here, but he he introduced uh, two spears that he used, right? The Isifafa, which uh, Jeff was actually laughing when he first heard that name. But it's uh, <laughs> it's onomatopoetic for the. Uh, I thought it was the name of a poodle. All right, all right. <laughs> Uh, but it's actually named <laughs> for the sound that it makes as it flies through the air. Uh -huh. So it goes like, fa, 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 which oh, is that's, that's, awesome. that's terrifying. That's man. awesome. That's a terrifying that's cycle. And the uh, that's like calling the bomb a boom. It's still a bomb. <laughs> right, right. And the inque is that uh, uh, I can't remember how to pronounce it. Ikluwa. Ikluwa. Right. Is named for the stabbing sound it makes. The the ikla going oh, in and like the, wa the suck of the wound oh, as man. it's coming so back out. Were you okay dealing with this? Did this mm. bring back too many memories? We've seen a lot of fake murder. So uh, right now we're actually behind the scenes on one of the results where we actually threw uh, Shaka Zulu's Warhammer through um, through multiple uh, panes of glass, and we hit two balls that were simulating uh, what? Essentially, what we did is we cut the panes of glass to mimic the size of a man's torso. Obviously, using panes of glass and um, balls full of blood is a bit of an eye candy, you know, trick. But at the same time, we wanted to know what was the effective range of this particular weapon and also could he hit his target and as we saw we found out it's uh, has an effective range of 30 feet and he hit bang on so having said that this is another you know tool we have in our tool chest that we use high speed not only for eye candy but we also we also can get um, you know uh, you know velocities off it and all, on all sorts of things see in extreme detail what actually happens when the weapon makes an impact. This was shot at a thousand frames per second, which is much, much higher than your regular video camera. So there you can see there's the first pane, boom, second pane, and uh, as the war club comes down, boom, just hits the uh, second uh, ball full of blood there. And that's pretty much uh, the best eye candy I've seen on this show, to be honest with you. It looks great. Yeah. No, it's totally cool. So again, a thousand frames per second. These are not. It's not a normal camera. It it saves all that information frame by frame into a buffer inside the camera, and then we can pull that information to the computer, and then we back it up, of course, and uh, it goes to post -proce post processing from there. And this was more of an eye candy shot, but we do do real science with this as well. Density of those balls was it um, was that met was that a certain was is that supposed to be someone's head or what is what's the purpose of the balls? Purely, 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 
pure accuracy at this point. Um, it's an internal target behind a screen is really what we're looking at here. Um, and the ability to you know hit and see if the weapon's able to maintain um, its flight path as it moves through multiple soft targets. So, um, Max, so what's your role in actually um, doing all this? I know you guys are measuring. So you, you, you're measuring a part of this, but then you're processing what part of this exactly? Speed gun, which is this guy is actually pretty reliable, and we're able to get a quick miles per hour uh, from the background. And then we can look a little bit more carefully at the footage if we want to get, you know, like actual nitty gritty velocity, um, pop a scale in there. Um, but after we do that, uh, for instance, what we said about the effective range, right? Like the effective range in the simulation is the range at which you'll start to see hits and uh, damage start to spike based on what's uh, what's happened in this test. That's cool, is it not? That's amazing. And so based on this test, like the accuracy that he had with that club was awesome. And I mean, if someone was, I mean, used to, you know, not they didn't live here, you know, they were used to using this as a main weapon. It's pretty safe to say that their accuracy would be just a, that high almost every time that they used it. Oh, oh, hell yeah. It was it was the size or if not smaller than a human torso. OK, so he hit his mark. There's no question. And with the speed gun, we were able to pull out the effective range which goes in the computer program. So this is real stuff. That's fucking awesome. Um, and uh, but even with that, actually, with the shields and the swords and stuff, um, if I, if I had to uh, if I had to put my money on it uh, for I don't know if this is this the first episode that's gonna air? No. no. no? Okay. Okay. Well, whenever this episode airs, my money's still gonna be on William Wallace. You know what? I'm with you there too, simply because of the armor and the weapons he brings. But I have to admit, I'm completely impressed by our Shakazula experts and the quiet confidence and the game plan that Max continually hits on. I'm starting to see very clearly. Definitely. So it might might be more of like a Spider-Man versus Hulk thing, where like Shakazula could probably get around William Wallace a lot because he's more, you know, maybe maybe more agile, more of a warrior. Um, but uh, Wallace has the better equipment. That's probably a really good analogy, actually. What I've seen here today, the Shaka Zulu experts have really convinced me that the true warrior was Shaka Zulu. However, I have to side with you based on the weapons. The weapons alone. Clearly designed, one hit, one kill, and this is the deadliest warrior. It's going to be on uh, Spike TV. Um, I don't think, do we, have a, do we have a lineup? Do we have a time yet? Uh, time it'll when they can check this out? 21st. Tuesdays at 10. So just Tuesdays watch Spike at 10, TV, starting around Tuesdays at 10. April 21st. What's that? Oh, okay. Thank you, Melissa, our lovely uh, Spike TV press girl over there. Um, April 27th, correct? April 7th at uh, Tuesdays Whoa. at 10. Yeah, that's a lot sooner <laughs> than you guys thought, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Now, you, you just put some pressure on these guys. <laughs> just some time in April. Um, but, yeah, thank you so much for uh, spending time with us, guys. Thanks, this is fantastic. We will right. keep our eyes peeled for this, and uh, we will definitely um, keep our uh, – yeah, we'll, we'll – all set our TiVos for it. Actually, you know what? One more. Um, do you guys ever plan on going anything? Like I remember I mentioned earlier, like Spider-Man versus the Hulk, all this type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Do you guys ever plan on um, doing something like applying some kind of science to fictional characters getting together? Because I think that you would be able to essentially get my audience, just the geek audience, which makes up a lot of the, uh, just the world, you'd finally be able to settle all these long time uh, all these long time debates of you know the Hulk or Superman for example is the one that basically gets people back and forth and it goes more so into um, not so much physics but also history of the characters I was just wondering do you guys have any 
any ambitions as far as that's concerned. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the first season here, I think, was a bit of a safe, uh, safe carry because we're going with natural history uh, characters. Uh, moving beyond that, the problem is is bringing in experts to do the actual moves. Like, I mean, how do you bring in and test right. against kryptonite and, right. and, and things that don't exist? And but super strength. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But we do know what they did from the, from the cartoons, and I think it would be an awesome thing to set up because we could go purely on cartoon and purely on, on physics and theory. And I think that would be you know, interesting for all. I think really, that would be Really a lot quick, of fun. what's your fictional matchup that you want to see? Ooh. Oh, you know what? Ooh. Batman versus Alien versus Predator. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and what about you? Okay, ooh. Um, that I would want to see the in real life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, well, uh, I suppose something that I'd want to see in real life also, I think just to be safe, I mean, just. Superman the Hulk, really, it would be the right. coolest thing. I mean, okay. just to see. Mm -hmm. Because, first of all, you'd see some guy just hulking out, which I think is pretty cool. All these guys, mm -hmm. like, Spider-Man's cool. You'd see him swing a lot and stuff. Mm -hmm. But these are just two guys just going at it. And every time one of them goes down, you know, it's just like a, the cement goes right. down like sand. So, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, what I actually want to see is a battle between shimmering steeds. Uh, knights mounted on Pegasus versus Unicorn. Oh. That's what I want to see. But, oh. you know. See, I would be on Pegasus because of the wings. Unicorn's got a magic horn, man. Okay. Oh. But it's a healing horn, is it not? Does, doesn't Unicorn stuff heal? You know what? You know, we can't, we can't say too much. We might have given <laughs> stuff away from the second season at this point. So. All right. But you know what? Bringing it down to earth, I mean, there are a lot of things from the movies and the cartoons that you could pull real physics out of, like when the Hulk stopped that semi-trailer on the bridge. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, I mean the, oh, hang on. Different movie. Yeah, sorry, so X-Men. trailer on the bridge. No, the, that, was, uh, that was some other stronger. Who was that, yeah. Zach? Was that Juggernaut? That was X-Men. Yeah, Fantastic Oh, no, 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 that was The Thing. That was The okay, Thing, Okay, I thought you were referencing... The, his, name is, no, his name is Benjamin Grimm. Okay. Right? Like, yeah, his name is yeah. Benjamin Grimm. We've exactly. got a geek here. Thank you very much. But you could seriously... Max, Max under, showing some He's a man cred. under all of that, okay? He's still human. He's still a person, all right? But, you know, knowing the mass of or the weight of a semi-trailer, estimating its speed, knowing... The, um, the amount of damage to the asphalt that was done, you could work out a lot of real numbers from that. You could. And this, that is, to me, this is your job. This is what you're doing. Exactly. That, that to me is super.